<laughs> Explain to us what the Hat Man is. Please. It's like, it's, you know, similar vibe to Slender Man, really, but it's this creepy figure in a hat that appears uh, if you've taken too much cough medication. Wow, Australia's wild. That's fascinating. How many hats do you have, Thomas? And what are you doing to these children? I've never heard of the Hat Man. Now I'm terrified to, like, Google it, but... Okay. It's true. It's a real fact. That's oh, have you seen the Hat Man? Has I, has he appeared to you? No, I've been trying to find him. That's <laughs> <I've been laughing. laughs> so many nights guzzling cough syrup. Gotta see the Hat Man. Well, welcome back to the massively. Nope, that's not what we're doing. Welcome back to the community rewatching one hundred and one <laughs> podcast. I don't know where I am. I'm on cold medication tonight. So if I start seeing dudes floating around with hats, I'll just be shrieking in the background while everybody ignores me and my turtle. Uh, with me tonight is Totus. Say hello. hello. <laughs> Heather. <laughs> Sorry, I took a hey. <laughs> And the winner of the nickname of the evening, Alphence Taken. Was that crazy or was this brilliant? something brilliant well we are here tonight to talk about season three episode three's competitive ecology and you know what's kind of actually funny is um a, a day or two ago my wife comes up to me he's like hey hun um chevy chase is in town do you want to go see him I'm like no i don't mm. <laughs> mm. yeah but you know that's kind of funny like you know i i just if you know like sitting down i'd have questions for him but no i don't want to go see his stand up or whatever anything we had uh, friends who went and saw him when he came to connecticut and okay. yeah they posted about it on facebook and what a great evening it was and how nice he was and he had so many funny stories and i just kind of bit my lip and let them enjoy their evening because yeah. we're just like too close to it right now because of I community so Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. Headlines lately too, just like bad mouthing community a bit. Saying, oh, I saw that. For me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> just have a low class. Like, you had your That's humor, right. you had your day, but you know, you were I part of something really cool. Not here. going to be in the movie. Hmm. Probably not. Yeah. Did any of you see Dan Harmon released a new uh, update on the movie? Please inform us. I yeah. yeah. Well, I should. I, I guess it's not an update on the movie per se, but he did uh, talk a bit about how he is absolutely terrified to do a community movie because the expectations are so high. Yeah, he's and, heard our podcast. Mm, he knows we're we have ideas. We're the yeah. ones he's got to please. I got to imagine after all these years, because we've talked about it, it's so hard to do a really good movie based on a TV show because well, and you're. It's, it's a TV show whose catchphrase, if it if it even has a catchphrase, it's six seasons and a movie. It's baked into the show that your fans want a movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and he did also say, he, in retrospect, he feels bad about the way things kind of got left with Chevy. Because he said some things in the heat of the moment that he probably would not, he probably wouldn't say now. Um, yeah, not that Dan Harmon's not exactly Lily White either. Exactly. exactly. It's, yeah, I said not that what he said was untrue, but it's just not not how you conduct yourself if you're a grown up. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, it seems like Chevy Chase is definitely not in the movie. Okay. Well, I, I hope with the the strike kind of coming to an end here that they start moving forward with it again. That'd be nice. Yeah. You know what else would be nice if Heather would get on the summary already. Dang, that would be nice. That would be. So, if, at your convenience, my lady. Why, thank you. Season 3, Episode 3, Competitive Ecology. Written by Maggie Bander and directed by Anthony Russo. It was another morning at Greendale. The kind of morning that makes you want to order a salad from the cafeteria and hold your mannequin leg close. Fate, or some mysterious force, can put a finger on you or me for no good reason at all. Chang was trying to change his fate of just being a lowly security guard. There's got to be more to this job than warning people about trash cans and calling the real cops when things go bad. Dean Pelton, with legs that go all the way up to the bottom of his torso, had thrown him a bone by letting him shack up in the school utility closet. Someone had to protect his school his home from the great conspiracy going on. Ace Detective Chang was looking for trouble, 
and he found it. Sometimes you gotta start a little fire to get a big promotion. Over on the dark, seedy side of campus, the study group spends all night trying to work out who should pair together for their bio class project. Before the sun pokes up its head to wash away all the sins of the night, they've, harnessed, they've harassed an innocent man, tussled over popularity, and there was an attempted homicide of a turtle. But they can't be all bad. No one is. Well, they come closest. Get out your sexy sacks, settle back with a cigar and some whiskey. You need us like a fish needs a bicycle, and we're here to give you the lowdown on tonight's episode of Community Rewatching. Let me just say that was way better in your accent than it would have been in my accent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was excellent, Heather. Thank you. Well, we have a new guest star, a new addition to the Greendale ensemble that they're they're adding with this show. It's Todd. Todd's played by David Neer, uh, which it took me a while to kind of place him because I'm like, I know that dude. And I knew him from New Girl because he plays a really smarmy jerk on New Girl, especially the first couple seasons. Um, hmm. And this character is almost completely the opposite. A very nice, upstanding uh, big four-headed dude you know he's cool he's cool so yeah we've uh we got these two plot lines they don't really inter intersect that much at all uh with chang and his wanting to be in the middle of a film noir and the study group in the middle of what i will charitably call another pen episode mm -hmm. it's another bottle episode more or less i mean it kind of is you're just breaking down going crazy in the study room so, I didn't think about that. I, I guess I'm really just really bad at noticing bottle episodes, but it didn't even occur to me that yeah, there's other than Todd, and I guess uh, Michael K. Williams for a minute. There's no. This is all just our na our main cast of characters in the sets that we all recognize. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a darker episode <laughs> with scandals and legs. And a lot of matches, a whole lot of matches, uh, near explosive boilers, so that's good. Um, <clears throat> I thought about, I mean, because these two plots are kind of very disparate and they don't really inter intersect, do you just want to take one and then we'll do the other? Do you want to start with Chang, maybe? Chang it up? Well, I was trying to think of a Chang pun and I couldn't come up with one fast enough. Shoot. It's okay. Well, we'll Chang lanes and we'll... Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's uh he's settling into his life as a security guard, second class or whatever he is. And uh and one of my co-hosts has an amazing ringtone there. Uh, <coughs> we're playing, or 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 Al is just playing guitar. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, is somebody sitting there with a guitar on the podcast? <laughs> no comment. Kind of cool. That would be kind of cool. If you get, you, that's fine. I give mm -hmm. you permission. Yeah. So what do you think of, of Chang's film noir? Uh, I don't even know. Like episode that he has here where he's just so terminally bored with this job that he has to kind of make it interesting in his mind. I like the idea of it. And I love a good film noir. Like, I'm always a sucker for that. What are your favorite film noir movies or TV shows? Maybe Ooh, we could. Chinatown's got to be way high up there, it, despite it, what I originally, the <laughs> review I originally wrote of it. I've watched it again since. Anybody a fan of Brick? I've oh, yeah. never seen Brick. I haven't either. Oh, you, but you saw it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I went on a Ryan Johnson hit, watched them all. Yeah, enjoyed Brick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's, was that his first? It was, yeah. It was like his first yeah. movie made for like the kind of money that you can find from door knocking and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job. He did a good job on that one. He got the the kid from uh, what was it, Third Rock from the Sun, and um, Jordan Hewitt. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Mixing up all my two name, two surnamed people from the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've heard great things about that movie for uh, probably a decade, but just for whatever reason, I never sat down to watch it. I love Ryan Johnson, too. But um, yeah, when I, I took a film class in college that beat me over the head with Touch of Evil until it became one of my favorite movies. 
<laughs> uh, I had to watch it four or five times in the library because this was like pre-streaming and things. And uh, write a whole bunch of papers on it. And it went from a movie I absolutely couldn't stand to a movie that I just think is a work of art. Hmm. So that's pretty high up there. It's Orson Welles and um, Charlton Heston with like he's like a like a shoe polish Mexican, which is not aged terribly well, but uh, it's an excellent sort of southern border murder mystery thing. It's great. It's it's really great. So I think this is the last episode we have with Sergeant Nunez, which is kind of a shame. I do like his character. Um, especially love his accent. I just wish he was around for a couple more episodes. Yeah, and uh, he's he, so good in this one. He plays everything like so straight in a way that I love, particularly when he's talking to Chang, who's like being so ridiculous. But then, uh, whatever his name, <laughs> you just said his name. Nunez. His name? Sergeant so, Nunez. Oh, Sergeant Nunez. He, uh, he just like, yeah, he just like stares, just stares at Chang and just like, the disbelief in his eyes is very related. I loved yeah. that when he's talking to Chang about him going around and talking to people on campus, he points out that Chang Chang isn't just all this isn't being said in his head. He's moving his lips and like lowly talking about the film noir he's got going on in his brain. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, Nunez says we security. We don't solve crimes; we barely prevent them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a guy who's just—he's not quite on board with the whole craziness of Greendale, mm-hmm. but he does kind of have a weariness. Uh, you know, this is his day job, and he doesn't really respect it. It's just something he's doing. Yeah, you know, I, I felt like both Nunez and Todd have like a real kind of Frank Grimes vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Of like this is a normal person who has stumbled into community and is kind of appalled and kind of confused and just just really looking around going like what is what am I even doing here? How did my life get to this point? Right. What choices did I make? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that landed me I, in this place. I found it interesting that they say Chang's been in the job in the role for a month now, which uh you know, they, they make it sound like that's not long at all. But that was a bit longer than I expected, in a way. I was kind of impressed that Chang had managed to do it for a month so far. Yeah, he hadn't burned down anything yet, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do they need to replace the, the, the little the little number ticker thing now at the front of the school? It has been this many days since <laughs> Chang burned something down. <laughs> so he, yeah, Chang kind of gets, I guess, really bored and he goes into this film noir fantasy uh and it's you know you can kind of see the tropes i think we've all been uh down that road once or twice or a million times i mean just the other day we were watching next generation and my kids were like why is picard wearing a fedora and trench coat on the holodeck i'm like uh part part of this film noir thing and they're like what's film noir and i'm like you know it's cool it can be really cool it can also be really dorky um yeah it can be adapted to many different genres and i will show you guys some cool ones uh but uh this is just something captain picard does because he has a really weird way of relaxing so uh so does chang so he yeah he starts kind of imagining a conspiracy of you know, I, I like I like his description of that girl who walks by and he stops her and he's like, she's the kind of girl who has arms that has elbows. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin, I'm curious. You mentioned you said twice so far he's really bored. So he comes up with this thing. Is it boredom or is it psychosis? Yes. I don't know. I, I'd be willing to hear. I'm I'm just saying that's the assumption I leapt to that. He was just bored after a month of no activity. But, yeah, it could absolutely be psychosis. Yeah, I just assume you gave him... I think you gave him more credit than I do. Okay. Por que no I mean, los dos? They could be both. They could be <laughs> both, you know, diving into both, you know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super surprised the uh, the school has put up with them that long. But, you know, they're not paying him, so there you go. I yeah. do wonder where we are exactly on the, the Chang insanity graph here. Like, is this the highest point so far of Chang insanity, potentially? Ooh, I don't know about that. 
I think it might be the mannequin leg that that puts him over the top for me in this episode. Maybe he's maybe he's not actually that much more insane, but but in this episode we really get into his head in a way that we haven't before. So we're seeing mm. it from from his point of view, and that is concerning. Again, can you imagine being married to this man? Because he had a wife. How That's right. how did that ever happen? She looked so normal too. And he was more functionally normal in season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's... Yeah, maybe the, the whole um, Gollum thing really split his mind into functional yeah. Chang and, mm. you know, toting a ham around, you know, Vince Chang. <laughs> so... Oh, that's right. Yeah. I do I do like the... I think he has a great quote here. It's, I've heard it uh, repeated many times. Or, Arizona backwards is still Arizona. It's a Palomino. <laughs> So many little good one-liners in this episode. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good one. And, and they get uh, they get a few things right with the I, the, uh, the film noir thing, you know, especially with the montage. I like the the Larry Bird playing the sax. Not not that Larry Bird was playing. The sax. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> yes, you did. It was the extended edition. Dang. Uh, yeah. Did I'm wondering if Chang actually was playing real sax or if he was uh, just tooting really horribly off key <laughs> the melody is all in his head yeah now i, don't I'm know. I also feel like there's not really that sax. much to this whole subplot like it's really yeah. feels like a lot of treading water they, i mean obviously he's kind of making up a, a nothing conspiracy and nothing's really happening other than him just buying a whole bunch of matches and nearly burning the cafeteria <laughs> down there's nothing much to this. I, I was just kind of curious if you guys found it entertaining enough that you didn't mind the lack of substance to it, or if it did feel like it was more filler. It honestly felt like filler. Although I do, I love noir. I love the noir thing, but I don't know. It, yeah. Nothing really hit for me. I watched it twice, and the first time I, it, it felt like a letdown because I was kind of like looking for any jokes, and it's not really full of jokes but then the second time when i knew that it wasn't a laugh a minute i kind of enjoyed it a bit more actually i just enjoyed the the spoof and mm-hmm. uh, and i just i love a couple of bits of i mean it's just great chang when he's like looking in the mirror and the the voiceover is saying something like uh 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 what's oh no i've, I've forgotten it uh Some- but he's like nodding really seriously while he's looking in the mirror. I wrote it down somewhere. Does he he does some really good face acting in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll give him that. I'll say I love, love this subplot. There isn't much to it now that you mention it when we try and talk about it divorced from the rest of the episode. But I think it's hysterical. I, I really, it does sort of feel like when we have an episode that's running short, we have a whole bunch of funny jokes about, you know, being a police detective in the 40s. So let's just try that and let's let Ken Jong just go off. And uh, yeah, I, 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 it's, oh, sorry. Go it's, it's, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Uh, it's, uh, it's when he says uh, to let her go like a lobster claw, letting go of a small balloon for lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, like nodding like really solemnly. <laughs> They really got the dorky slang and terminology of noir down, I thought. It yeah, is I, interesting that if they were going to pull out, pull out the film noir card, that this would be a B-plot and not like what know. they would actually revolve an entire you know, meta episode around. Yeah, I, would, I was hoping that that's the direction it was going to go. But um, yeah, it, was, um, it does actually, it does function to further the plot of the season in which uh, Nunez ends up quitting and Chang gets promoted to head and only security guard of all of Greendale. <laughs> and uh, we can point the lay the blame for that squarely at the feet of the Dean who makes some very questionable decisions <laughs> toward the end of the episode. And who seems to have more in common with Chang than, uh, than maybe we first suspected in just the little fantasy world that he lives in inside his head. Yeah, it makes you a little worried about, I mean, like, it's kind of fun to watch this from afar, but if you actually went to the school, how much danger would you actually be putting yourself in? 
Hmm. Fair bit, it seems like. <laughs> yeah, the, like I love the line that uh, Sergeant Nunez has at the end when uh, he says, uh, and it's it's not funny at all. It's it's scary, actually. <laughs> he's just he's saying, not right <laughs> in the head, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Chang's maniacal laughter while he, you know, while he's shaking the dean's <laughs> hand and that look on his face, like you said, just in the face acting, so good. Yeah. And I really like all of the the transitions from in his head to outside of his head and how they seem to be able to subvert that every single time into something that at least I find hilarious. Um, just the, he calls the Arizona Matchbook Company and says, would you like to place an order? I had to think fast. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, <laughs> I absolutely adore just the way that they play with the expectation. Even if you see the joke coming, I still just think it's really, really funny. I, I thought surprised. that was the... Go no, you get. No. It, I'm going to sit here in stony silence until you finish your talk. I'm talking about something different, but okay. Um, I, I, I find it interesting that his plot that Chang's stuff doesn't actually like interact with the other plot. Like, I feel like there would have been so much room for a moment where, you know, he comes into the study room plot somehow and is behaving really strange. But I think they only cross over in that, that Todd line where he's like, I think there was a a fire alarm or something uh, after there was the fire. Mm. Yeah, I guess that is the only time those two plots connect. And Jeff's like, no, all. we're not leaving. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> they all have a death wish. Only a Every one of them. fire alarm in the distance for a whole room of the, the campus yeah. coming down. I did, I thought that one really clever bit was the fact that they did the matchbook thing. Because every film noir almost ever has a matchbook at some point. That's mm-hmm. like That's always a clue, right? It's a yeah. clue that leads the detective to a CD place and and in this case it was just you know a stupid matchbox book company and there you go so I, I like that I thought that was kind of fun all right well Chang we're gonna gonna ask you to hand in your your baton and your badge for the rest of this episode and we will move on to the a plot here uh, where we have the study group trying to figure out who's going to be paired with who for the big terrarian project I do love. I thought the biggest laugh I had was when uh, Professor Kane's like, you know, you got to make a terrarium. It's kind of like a diorama, and all of them just groaning <laughs> really loud. And uh, he's like, you guys have weird reactions to stuff. <laughs> but the audience, like all of us, you know, having gone through season two and knowing how many dioramas they did, it, uh, I thought that was a really funny, like involve the audience kind of joke. Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah, I think he's really good in this episode. I, I love him with, um, I guess I'm jumping to the end, but uh, him with uh, Vicky and, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Magnitude, dude. Magnitude. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I really, really love his his observation of Magnitude. And it's just, you know, they're laughing at you, right? <laughs> and Magnitude's face. And it just face. completely breaks him. It yeah. just, yeah, it just devastates Vicky him. looks like really downcast in that moment, too. Right? Dude, Kane. Yeah, prison hardened him. Mm-hmm. I do like his weird out of nowhere monologue about Legos. Yeah. It, it, it kind of makes sense. Like, if you were away for a while, yeah. I mean, like, I was telling my kids about how basic Legos were when I was a kid. I mean, they, they had themed sets, but they were all, you know, generic, like knights and space firemen city yeah it wasn't this you know super uh detailed you know here here's thomas's apartment the lego set you know kind of thing so (laughs) i'll say that's the one little bit well i do think it's 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 kind of cute it's the one bit that really doesn't work for me in this episode it feels to me like dan Harmon or whoever had you know had three seconds of a stand-up bit but they didn't really have anything else to do with it, and so they just gave it to him to put up to put out there, like like watching Seinfeld, and it's funny, but it, it doesn't. I don't know, it just doesn't land for me for whatever reason. Even if I totally relate to it and I get where they're going. So here's why you're wrong, Al. 
Hit me. No, no. Not my here here's why I think that they that this isn't just a non sequitur shoved into the middle of the episode. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. which it can certainly seem. I think what they're trying to go for is as they continue to introduce us to to Kane, is that this is a guy who's very he's been marooned from society and kind of shoved back into it and he doesn't fit. He doesn't understand it. We see that a lot in this episode, his, his interactions with everybody just like how nunez isn't really on board with chang's craziness he's just not having it with how insane this whole school is and so you know he doesn't have the social niceties and doesn't really understand the world around him and he just kind of has more of a cold um matter of fact approach to things but uh i'm kind of wondering if he's using biology class as a bit of a therapy session for Hmm. his re-entrance into society and maybe that's looking into it way too deep, but I'm just, that's it's kind of the vibe I get off of him in these first few episodes. And I, I, li- I like it. I like that he's got it. He's got his own weirdness. He just doesn't realize that that's going to make him more compatible with the rest of Greendale than, um, than anything else would. But, you know, then again, I could be wrong and Al is completely right. And that often happens too. Uh, I do like uh, when he's going on that that rant about the Legos. They play some really sad music in the background. It's a it's a good yeah, little touch. Yeah, it's. I think it's the same kind of sad, mysterious theme from like the um like the trampoline kind of episode. Oh, that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when he's asking the question about the Legos, and and Annie raises her hand, and Jeff just reaches over and lowers. <laughs> what was she gonna say? <laughs> Yeah, like like we just need to get past this. We don't don't encourage them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyways, they they have this task. They've got to pair everybody up. Um, actually, before that, I just want to note at the beginning of the episode in the hallway, there, there's a pay drinking fountain and all that. Have we noticed that like Pierce always calls Abed Abed? Yes, yep. I think we have. Right. Yeah. Have you noticed Jeff always calls Dean the Dean? Hey, the Dean. No. I did not. not. He does. I and uh, I, I went back and I looked at a couple other episodes. He does this. He, he calls him the Dean. So the just dean. Uh, hey, the <laughs> Dean. You're pretty horrible. Yeah. But we have to keep the. What does he say to Chang? We have to keep this living situation on the Dean low. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent pun. Yeah. Also, at the start there, uh, how Shelley's showing photos of, of Ben. Did we know that the the baby was called Ben already? Did we? Was that in the mm-hmm. episode? Yeah, the Berlin yeah. one. Remember Ben Bennett? Oh, no, because I, he's named after Chang. I had forgotten. And I was like, who's Ben again? And I had to go back and, yeah, all right, Ben Bennett. I had forgotten that too. Hey, we actually have some continuity and hey. nobody cares. Uh. <laughs> Just like how nobody cares about Shirley's pictures, which I, I get that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, guys. That's great. I'm that person. I don't care that you don't care. I want to show off my kid. None of them do. None of you guys care. And then, there's, a, there's a limit. I call it like the three photo limit. I will show you three photos of my kids and then I'm going to put my phone away. Three photos is a phone. fine amount. Yeah, we can handle that. I think Shirley was really pushing it here. Yeah, um, and then also at the start, uh, Troy mentions uh, Nick Nolte, and uh, I have to admit, <laughs> I, I paused the episode <laughs> Nick Nolte. Aww, <laughs> aww. And then Annie goes, "Who's Nick Nolte?" <laughs> <laughs> so For the they hours, all get partnered man. up with strangers in their class and uh troy has a really good moment where he's smiling and he turns off he's like who are these people <laughs> hmm. they're not they're not doing good with being paired up with people outside the study group it's like their study group is their their throbbing cosmic womb oh of no come on it's <laughs> been like two seasons you broke it and you said I could use it again. So I don't go. remember that conversation. Mm. You brought it up and that that broke our silence. So oh. the, the truce is off. And now I can bring it up once a season. Uh, so, yeah, the whole study group kind of crowds into Kane's office and and they kind of explain, like, we're a thing. We're kind of a whole group. And then they all start going out. You know, the thing with the space bus and paintball. I had sex with Eartha Kitt. 
and paintball again. <laughs> I like that line from Kane where he's like, I have so many conversations at the school that don't make sense. Yeah. Like, this guy has just not had a good first month of his job. It's been, it's been hard. I just love that the seven of them try to explain what they are and there's they cannot seem to do it. Yeah. Just all they need to say is that we do all of our stuff together. We'd like to work together. It's all it has to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, incapable. No, you got to work space bus into there yeah. somehow. <laughs> As if that just explains everything. It makes, you know, contextualizes this whole conversation. Yeah, so he's like, fine, whatever. You guys can partner up. That's okay. You know, and then, uh, I don't know. If I was a teacher, I'd be like, nope. Deal with it. But he's he's... I don't. Yeah, I was really shocked at how easygoing he was about that. Just, so, yeah, sure, screw up everything and cause a big uproar over your lab partners. Come on, we're adults. Yeah. And the night the night that they've got to do this big project that's due the next morning or something? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the thing where which happens is the study group realizes that they don't really like the partners that they kind of came up with on the fly in the classroom and you would think that would be pierce spearheading that because pierce got saddled with the stranger who's todd and whereas it's not it's like uh troy realizing he and abed spend too much time together or who was um britta originally paired up with shirley, shirley? Mm-hmm. so yeah. she doesn't want to hear about shirley's kid and uh, and Annie doesn't want to be paired with Jeff because Jeff's not paying attention. And so they want to kind of reshuffle things around. And so here we go. We go into this. It's, it's, if you really like being in, in a room where everybody's just arguing and you find that kind of uh, tension to be delightful, then you're going to just love this episode because it's everybody being very unhappy and. Um, kind of starting to snark at each other about you know who should be paired with what they they eventually go and use Abed to be the human computer, which uh, I like. Before we get there, though, yeah. I don't I don't want to pass by them breaking up with their study partners mm-hmm. when they have to let them know <laughs> that they don't want to be partnered and the excuses that they come up with. They just go from person to person to person about. Um, it's, it's it's not me. It's you. I have a developmental disability. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, cool. 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 <laughs> yes. That, yeah. Jeff has the same excuse that Ahmed does, and then they just cut to Pierce, who is laying into Todd. <laughs> you have really a big got a weird face, I Todd. Yeah. I don't think I could ever come to like you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know you, but I just don't trust you. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> just absolutely yeah. had me rolling i love i love that line pierce says don't don't tell me what i'm thinking or feeling it's petty <laughs> <laughs> and then he finds out that the odd numbers and he's got no partner uh you passed the test <laughs> yeah back here yeah and todd is so like so nice to them so patient he, his his lines you know they keep offending him or calling him names or being really rude and they're like no offense keep saying none taken none taken just kind of has his little smile. And he finds a turtle, which I... That was a highlight of the episode right there for me. He finds a turtle, puts him in a trash can, feeds him lettuce. I love that he announces that he finds the turtle as well. He's like a five-year-old, proud five-year-old. <laughs> in this courtyard, at night, just just random huge turtle. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm almost 40 and I would act the exact same way if I found a turtle. <laughs> Look, guys, I found a turtle! <laughs> I, I totally would. Did we ever name? Does he ever name the turtle? I don't think so. I was going to ask. I don't think so because I don't. I don't remember hearing a name. What is the best name for a turtle? Ooh, I mean, you could go alliterative, so it would have to start with a T. But I don't know. Ooh, Snappy, Chompers, Snappy, Chompers, Donatello. No, you got you got us. Too easy. It's too easy. Do you guys know what the name of the fifth Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Venus. Venus. Yeah, high five. There you Yo. go. <laughs> Heather passes the test. She is a grouper. I passed the test, but really, I failed at life. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing a rewatch podcast at night with uh, a bunch of weirdos that we've never physically met. So, yeah, you've, you've obviously made some wrong choices. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Hey, there's a turtle name. 
Oh yeah, Touche oh, the Turtle. Yeah, that's a good okay. one. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it really starts to devolve pretty quickly. I like that um, when Britta's really upset, she tries to do that thing where she's shooting her fingers down to get to the middle <laughs> finger, and she fails. <laughs> and she's like, "Wait, no, let me try that again." Mm. Pew pew pew. <laughs> I found it interesting that when Todd says, uh, I'm happy to work with anyone, uh, it cuts to Abed and he, he rolls his eyes. Uh, I wondered if, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly why that is, but maybe Abed just thinks that's, that's low quality entertainment, if he's that uh, agreeable. He wants a bit more drama, so he's <laughs> manipulating events to get some more drama out of this scene. That did not occur to me, but that makes a lot of sense, actually. It, it's making a lot of sense to me, too. He's so devious actually now when when they were in the bathroom and troy and abed were talking they're scraping something off the wall is that fungus or what is it's supposed to be fungus but it is clearly i don't remember that type of mushroom (laughs) but they went to the grocery store and just bought this mushroom (laughs) because you see it all the time i i love mushrooms but i can't remember what those are called but they just went to the grocery store grabbed a box of that mushroom and stuffed it behind the pipe that's great it's such a weird and then they kind of work it into annie's terrarium right it's oh i thought her terrarium just had three different plastic plants from an aquarium in it but i didn't maybe i didn't get a good enough look i do like that line where she just like plops it on the table and jeff's like what did you have time (laughs) she's like you know she didn't say it but she's like do you know me i mean come on of course i had time uh yeah, I like that line where um, so they're they're trying to figure out how to do a fair system of pairing people up, and Jeff goes, "Abed, you're a computer." And Abed goes, "Yep, <laughs> you put us in our optimal pairing." <laughs> Abed is just so yep, cool. I'm bored. Let's go for it. And then as soon as Jeff doesn't like his results, the first thing he has to do is, "And we supposed to trust your algorithm?" Yep. He's like, "You're the one who told him to mm-hmm. do this." Mm-hmm. Jeff was five. Oh, the look on his face when he finds out he was five. <laughs> and Todd was four. And he's like, and Pierce is like, geez, Jeff, it has feelings. <laughs> Talking about Todd. <laughs> Love it. It has feelings. So, yeah, maybe maybe this is another. We're, we're coming up with a theme for the show. Is, uh, Todd is our third person who's the outsider. who's observing the craziness on the inside of the school. Um but he's very pretty mellow for a guy who's a newborn at home. Al can speak to this. Uh, Al, if you were in this situation, how long would you stay uh, before you just, you know, up and left? Depending on how much of a newborn, I would either be gone or I'd be asleep like Pierce. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. We learned a surprising amount about Todd in this episode, actually. Probably maybe, maybe more so than any other guest star I could think of. All right, so let's let's go down the list. We know that he was an Iraq War veteran. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, he's diabetic, I assume. He needs yep. the. Oh yeah, that's right. He needs yep. insulin. Has a wife and child. He likes turtles. He, likes he does turtles. like turtles. That's a point uh, in his, his favor. His dying promise to his father was to graduate from college. Oh yeah! Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good memory. He's a he's a fairly well formed character. <laughs> yeah. He is, and I, I don't know. I I like the fact that you're just you're waiting the whole episode to see him break, <laughs> yeah. and you know it's coming, but you don't see like he just kind of he's not you don't see him gradually getting angrier and angrier. He's not like Charles Grodin where you think he's gonna <laughs> you know have a stroke by the middle. He's just like you know no offense, no offense, and then finally he just blows. And that's kind of fun because you don't really see it coming quite as explicitly. And then he just goes off and he's, <laughs> you know, what is he? he's like, your love is weird and toxic and it destroys everything it touches. Offense taken. <laughs> Lo- I love it. Todd, if I had your sh- face on a shirt and I had the words offense taken under it, I'd wear it every day. Ooh. That'd be good. Too. We, I think we have a merch idea. Yeah, there you go. Get in contact with some place. I love how over the top all the lines in his blow up are. Like, I'm going to hold my wife and child close. (laughs) (laughs) 
shattered his world. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, but don't they all have to just go right to class? So does Todd have time to go home? That's and what I didn't just... understand. I was like, okay, he was just about to go home, but then they say immediately after that class is in 15 minutes. And then Wait, when they're in the classroom, the teacher says that Todd called him last night crying. So what? And then he's in the, but I mean, maybe he's in the classroom at the end on a different day. I don't know. But he's in the maybe, classroom maybe crying. Maybe time passage than we realized. Maybe. Yeah. He... <laughs> That's a good point. That hurts my head a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go back and let's really chart out the timeline of this episode. Looking in the background at the clock. Do we get a gold star if we do that, though? I know there is. Like, you do see the, the darkness of the night and then the sun when it's back in the morning but uh yeah it seems like a bulk of this episode is just an excuse for the the study group to really just snipe at each other mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. um, jeff saying to annie you're just a good grade in a tight sweater <laughs> and annie coming back with who the heck are you texting everybody you know is right here well that. she also she comes back at him with like and you're a bad grade in a tight sweater i was like oh <laughs> <Snap>. <laughs> give it to him I annie like- uh, Troy saying to Britta, I think I was the popular one in our pairing. She says, oh, Troy, puts her hand on his shoulder, and then Abed comes in, yeah, hand on her shoulder. It was really Take funny. <laughs> yeah, and then they, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like that they uh, identified that Britta was a bad partner because she uh, she wouldn't dissect anything with a face on it. And they're like, what, what about worms? And she's like, worms have tiny little faces. If loving worms is stupid, I don't want to be smart. And like, it is. And you can't. <laughs> Tiny little faces. It's a throwaway, but uh, I really like when uh, Annie and Shirley, when they find out that Annie did not want to be partners with Shirley, and Shirley's response is, you too, Brute? Yeah. I just think it's a really stupid, funny throwaway joke. Yeah. And Pierce has a Pierce actually has some really good lines in this one. He says, I, I just had a nightmare that Jeff was a pompous ass. Also Todd was there. <laughs> 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 well, like gold star to Pierce. There you go, buddy. That oh, was uh goodness. And when was... um Brit is jumping up on the table and kinda of light the things, uh Shirley says, Oh no, she's got her marijuana license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah a lot of these jokes you gotta you know it's it's good to know the characters mm-hmm. and it's good to, to have an understanding of who they are if this was your first episode i don't i think you would be like todd you'd be like what the what is this yeah that's a good uh, point this is not a newbie friendly episode yeah. Uh, so yeah go ahead Al. I was going to say, speaking of Britta burning the uh, the ballots, that's actually the thing that sets Todd off. It's not the insult. It's not the, you know, staying up all night without his insulin or his child. It's that he, she almost hurts the turtle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very protective. Yeah, that's finally the thing. Hmm. Sweet little innocent baby. Yeah, it's, uh, so Kane kind of really puts the thumbscrews to them back in class. He said, we had a name for people like you in prison. We called you the mean click. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so amusing. I just, I love we it. We thought that was it's funny so... too, me and my husband. <laughs> the mean click. Yeah, it's a high school cafeteria name, not the not the prison yeah. cafeteria name that you would expect. Like a TV high school. Yeah. Name. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Nobody would say that out loud. You're the mean click. No. How does it make you feel about the study group? Because, I mean,. You know, we like these characters, but really this is one of those episodes where it just shows how nasty they genuinely are. And, you know, as, you know there's something to struggle with there. Like, do we still like them just as much out of this episode? I don't think anybody's hmm. super redeeming in this episode at all. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Thanks. I, I hate said. it. No, I hate this oh. sort of unnecessary confrontation where you're just making all the characters that you should like just absolutely mean and nasty. Me too. I hate it. And we do it it's, so often in this show, or did. 
feels yeah and not and you know it's not just a community thing i just don't like it in right just we got to stir up some drama and conflict manufactured and not, conflict yeah manufactured if it's not more natural i mean this really felt very contrived mm-hmm. the whole thing mm-hmm. and i know this is community and contrived plots are kind of part and parcel but uh yeah this every time i've ever watched this episode i I'm, i just go yeah i walk away not liking the characters as much is that what dan Harmon really wanted me to do like to feel bad for todd like we end up you know, like, it, Al, you said Frank Grimes, you know, right? This is a, where, you know, we were all kind of laughing at Frank Grimes, but really kind of feeling sorry for him and realizing that Homer was a complete jerk uh, to him and actually got him killed in the end. And so, I, you know, that, that zeroing in at Todd on the end and just and having the study group just mocking him and using him as his scapegoat instead of learning a lesson. Um, it's a reason why I don't like TV shows like Seinfeld or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't like nasty people. I don't nasty people that don't learn lessons or don't um, have redeeming qualities. I mean, I can watch like Arrested Development. They're jerks, but they're kind of goofy, ignorant jerks, and they do get their comeuppance, and I can kind of be okay with that. It's just that's my personal taste and I I will now get off my soapbox and cede it to anybody else who wants to weigh in. Well, I feel like this episode almost convinced me that oh, is this is this just how they are all the time and <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten. But but then I remember like um the paintball finale of last season when you know suddenly, you know, they're just on the same team as everyone like Vicky and all these side characters and they're like so supportive of each other so no i don't think they're always nasty like this maybe the whole group not just troy and ovid are spending way too much time together could be you know family's not always perfect right family you know even found family we have our good days and our bad it just um i just really don't know what they wanted us to take away from this episode so Dan Harmon, if you're out there, yeah, hit us up. Let us know. the The movie should be about Todd getting his revenge. Yeah. <laughs> his turtle <laughs> with his turtle on his shoulder. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, yeah. And then we have the closing credits where Britta's making them all take psych class evaluations, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Less said about that, the better. Okay, let's move on to, uh, to report cards and uh, eeny, meeny, miny, owl. Why don't you kick us off, bud? All right. So I'm getting the impression I'm going to be an outlier here. I adore this episode. I think it's hysterically funny. I just think it's, there's almost every joke in the episode works for me. I said the, the Lego thing just feels a little out of place and doesn't land quite right for me. And there's one other bit that I'm blanking on right now. I was going to bring it up earlier in the moment past, but there's one other piece that didn't work super duper well, but I really, really like this one. I think it's incredibly funny. I love the Chang stuff. I like the little bit of, um, I love that he and the Dean both both sort of just go in on this together. The Dean just lies, you know, (laughs) essentially lies or lies by omission or whatever kind of lie that is. And you see that they're both at a certain level. They're on the same page about the way they see the world. Um, I think the study group stuff is really, really funny. I think what Heather said about this being not a newbie friendly episode is absolutely true. And think about it like that before. But yeah, this is definitely something you need to have seen the first two seasons of the show to really respond to. But I think it's hysterical. And so, despite not being totally perfect, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to give this episode an A, quite honestly. I, I really think it's funny. Wow. And okay. I think this, I, I watched it twice before we recorded this, and I just, I, I laughed hysterically every single time at every single joke. Uh, I like the Frank Grimes thing. I think there's it's a fun bit of symmetry with Todd and with Nunez. I think I said that at the start of the show, too. I just I like that they're these are normal people who have stumbled onto Greendale. And, you know, how would you respond to these people? 
And Justin, you brought up the way that other sitcoms have this sort of thing and you don't like it. But other sitcoms do this all the time, but they didn't used to be quite so self-aware. Seinfeld is, you know, there's whole video essays on YouTube about what jerks they are. Saved by the Bell, where the same five people are the head of every single club. They're the president of their, of their year. And they, you know, they, they essentially run the school. But nobody ever really thinks about it or comments on it. And yeah, maybe you would be kind of jerks who are in the middle of everything all of the time. And that just, I don't know, it doesn't bother me for whatever reason. I, I get why it bothers you. It doesn't bother me in that way. I think it's a really funny episode. And I, yep, happy to stand by my A. Okay. Stand by your A. Mm-hmm. All right, well, then I will I will go as a counterpoint and, and say I admire you. You have guts. You got guts, kid. You're going places in this world. Um, there are probably looking over the list. I just, you know, while Al was rambling on about something or another there, I just went over the whole list of season three. And I think there's only two episodes of this season. I just really don't like, and this is one of them. So for me, that's like tremendous. This again, season three is one of my favorite seasons. And I think once it gets going, it really gets going. Uh, This one just feels like a weird anomaly. Like they, you know, sometimes you get the, the feeling like they just didn't have enough of a budget to really fund an episode. They needed to cut corners somewhere. And so some episode just got kind of the short end of the stick. And I felt like this was that episode. They don't really do that much creative. Uh, there are some funny lines. And Todd's a great character. I'm glad we get to meet Todd. I think he does settle in a bit more when we see him later on. And, you know, the turtle is always good times. The Chang thing, I just... You know, it's there. It's amusing rather than funny. And I'd rather it be funny. It's a sitcom. I want to laugh. And I want to just kind of look at Chang weirdly mugging the camera. Um, And I just really am uncomfortable at everybody just being super mean for no good reason. And there's no moral and there's no real, I mean, really nice conclusion. So it's it's a D episode. Wow. For me. Yeah. I'm not so. Um, this is not me going on a rant or sa- saying it's F and get out of here because there are. I, I will admit there are some some funny lines, some really funny lines. Um, but it's not an it's not an episode where pretty much anybody comes off looking good. That's that's sad. That's sad for me. But my feelings aside, let's find out what Totus has to say. Oh, coming off an A and a D. Uh, I. Um, somewhere in between, I suppose. I quite like this episode. I, um, like I mentioned earlier, I think I enjoyed it more on like a second rewatch um, in this past week uh, because I think there are a lot of parts of this episode I didn't find that like laugh out loud funny, but I I do find like uh, fun and nice and interesting and. This episode, yeah, does have a bit of a, a, a bit of a nastier tilt in some ways than a lot of community, and I wouldn't want all of community to be like this, but I kind of enjoy it for this episode, uh, and seeing this side of the study group a little bit um, is interesting, uh, and just lots of funny lines in this episode. We mentioned a lot of them, but there's like Britta saying, "Sugar is like baby meth." And um, there's just a lot of little funny things that fly by as usual. So uh, I love all that. Todd is great. Um, I couldn't remember if we see Todd again, so it's nice to hear that he'll be back. Anything like that. Um, And I saw something uh, online that mentioned originally this episode was going to come after the next episode which, if you know what the next episode is, uh, could imply that this episode is in a different timeline or something, which would, in a way, make sense to me. Um, But that's a little very meta theory out there. Uh, But I I like this episode. I wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure if I was going to go C or B. I had both in mind going into today, but I think think I'm going to go C for this episode. Solid. It's always fun listening to Thomas meander about until he makes up his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Al, you can talk about that. Talk about that real quick. 
Oh, all right. Yes, and I didn't didn't want to interrupt anybody, but I didn't want to forget again. Uh, the other thing in this episode that did not totally work for me is they have these like weird little allusions to the idea that Troy and Britta have crushes on each other. Yeah, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and they just I, drop it. And yeah, and then they kind of drop it, and and I know I know it doesn't go away necessarily, but it doesn't feel like it's been introduced in any kind of organic way. And I think Don Glover and Jillian Jacobs are both super attractive people, but like I don't see the chemistry or anything. Nothing has led me to think that this was a thing. Yeah, they just kind of throw it in there, like yeah, they they have they have grade school crushes on each other. It's very weird, but still, hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Heather, we're we're all across the board. Can you unite us, or will you continue to divide us? Um, maybe a little of both. Who knows? Okay, I I'm not a huge fan of this one. I don't hate it, though. There are the really funny lines. Like, a fish needs a bicycle really stood out to me. <laughs> like, what? A lot. A lot. That. That. <laughs> that was Chang, wasn't it? When, in one of his soliloquies or whatever you call them, monologues, where he's just... And he an answer like, fish a fish needs, needs a, bicycle. a bicycle. A lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't... And I love the film noir theme. I think it goes well with Chang. I really wish that it would have been better interwoven with the other plot. I think that that would have strengthened things for me because I really think the study group stuff is overall kind of weak. I have a lot of funny things though. Again, a lot of funny lines. I enjoy that all of the study group gets time to shine. There's a lot of episodes where I complain about two or three or more people not really having anything to do in the episode, but I felt like everybody got some, some good screen time here. Uh, it's just, it's a C for me. It's only not a D because of the film noir and Chang. So here's an idea. What if early on in the episode, uh, somebody came by the security office and said, I lost my pet turtle. And Chang gets put on that case and that becomes this film noir case. I like it. And Todd finds this turtle out of the blue and kind of adopts it. But when he storms out of there and he's like, you know, offense taken, storms out, he gets bodily tackled by Chang, who cracks the case and <laughs> puts Todd under arrest or he's something. He's got the turtle and, in a know, trash insult. can with burned paper in yeah, it. Yeah, insult and in, in injury and all that. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I like that idea. There's a... Okay, well, here we go. It's, it's not always that we come to a mutually... Uh, uh, mutual agreement on an episode and that's fine that's what tv shows are all about sometimes they unite sometimes they divide and this was an interesting one to talk about and we are going to continue to forge forward with season three we have no other choice unless we start working our way backwards that would be interesting that would be a switch <laughs> wow. like halfway through this podcast run we just go we're not going forward anymore we're going to start counting backwards all the way to the pilot and mm. I think we'd lose all our audience. Uh, yeah. That would be amazing. But that would be something community would do. So, yeah. I just think the cold medicine's finally in charge. Hey, man. <laughs> it says don't operate heavy machinery or podcasts with this. Mr. Hat has taken over or whatever. Oh, yeah, Mr. The Hat <laughs> That's Man. That's not cool, man. I'm going to go into my bathroom tonight and be scared to look in my mirror. What's that? I don't. Does Mr. Hat look scary or is he like. Cool. Uh, well, it looks scary, but you know, maybe he's just lovely deep down. Just get to know him. I always wonder if like Candyman and Bloody Mary are like actually seeing each other from behind the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Do they fight over who gets to come to the mirror? Or? What if they hang out, have like tea parties and stuff together? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so lonely to be a slasher killer. You know, you gotta wait in those awkward places for the person to walk by you know you're on your phone you're doing your wordle and, and they come by and you're like oh i gotta i gotta jump down and kill them now yeah, it's 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 a rough life okay al may be may be right it's time to end today's show thanks for listening check out our website mutantreviewersmovies.com and we have all sorts of good stuff there and we often write for that including many film noir in fact that's one of our categories we not only reviewed Chinatown, dude, we'd done the two Jakes. That's how you know we're serious. So mm -hmm. 
There you go, mutantreviewersmovies.com. Check out our show notes for some other fun links to keep you occupied the next two weeks. Until then, uh, you know, grab onto those lobster balloons with all your claws and hang on because it's going to be fun from here. <laughs> Bye, everybody.